I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Humans take note. Virtual employees are rapidly replacing you in the workforce, and in China, it seems to be getting a head start. Chinese tech giant Baidu told CNBC that since 2021, the number of virtual people projects has increased quite dramatically. According to the CNBC report, Chinese businesses are willing to pay a virtual employee anywhere between $2,800 and a staggering $14,300 annually. Reportedly, the entertainment industry, state media, local tourism companies, and financial consulting firms are among the top buyers of virtual people. According to Li Xian, the head of Baidu's virtual people and robotics division, the overall virtual people market will continue to grow by 50% every year through 2025. And why is there such a hype for virtual employees? Simply because. Companies in China are looking into more ways to monetize virtual people following the growth of digital currencies. These virtual people, who are a mixture of animation, sound technology, and machine learning, are currently sweeping Chinese cyberspace despite skepticism around them. Take the case of Luo Tianyi, a virtual Chinese singer. Tianyi was launched in 2012 by video and game streaming app Bilibili. The virtual singer, according to reports, Has as many as three million fans, and it even performed during the Winter Olympics inauguration ceremony in Beijing last year. Aside from Tianyi, Bilibili also features a large number of virtual anchors to interact with viewers. Honestly, it blows my mind looking at the demand for virtual people. The CNBC report indicates that China has made plans to expand the virtual people market to be worth more than fifty billion yuan in the next two years. But why is China placing such a huge bet on virtual people as opposed to actual individuals? Simply because China wants to avoid all forms of bad press. Many Chinese celebrities received negative attention in the final months of 2022 due to tax evasion or personal scandals, which is unacceptable to the country. Virtual employees essentially mean there won't be any controversies. The growth of virtual people projects, however, Poses a serious threat to human employment opportunities. The global digital human market is expected to reach 527.58 billion dollars in 2030, according to recent global market research. This estimate is a little worrisome, particularly given the impending global recession, especially in China. For instance, according to Fortune, between 2012 and 2016. Foxconn replaced over 400,000 humans with robotic arms as part of an automation push. But it's not just China banking on virtual assistants. Even South Korea is witnessing a rise in virtual girl bands. These K-pop idols are expanding their celebrity status into entirely new realms thanks to deepfake, avatar, and the explosion of artificial intelligence technology. Apart from the entertainment industry, even the influencer market right now. Has a growing interest in virtual influencers. Popular fashion companies like Paxson and Marks and Spencers have already started to explore the digital world as a result of this growing trend by selecting virtual prominent figures to head their ad campaigns. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology. 
business, policy and anything that leaves you with a food for thought. Hello, I'm Farheen Khan and this is the Deep Dive for Jan 4th, 2023. India is fast becoming a gaming hub, but soon the country's online gaming industry will have to play by some rules. See what we did there. Anyway, just about 10 days ago on 23rd December, online gaming was brought under the ambit of the Ministry of Electronics and IT. And on 2nd January, the nodal minister proposed a set of regulations in order to protect gamers against the potential risks of online gaming. We'll deep dive into the draft amendments in a minute, but first an important clarification to avoid any confusion. When we say online gaming, The proposed rules are looking to regulate those online games which are accessible to users if they make a deposit with the expectation of earning winnings. So relax, this doesn't include your favorite mobile games like Subway Surfers or Candy Crush. But anyway, there are two categorizations in the money-based online games: skill-based games and chance-based games. So now, chance-based games would be things like roulette and lotteries, basically games that are borderline gambling. and many states have already banned these kinds of games but games like rummy for instance and other fantasy games which also involve money are considered to be skill based games but now there are two problems number 1 there is no central law to regulate real money games or rmg which are basically games where real money is wagered on the end result of the game and number 2 the difference between skill based and chance based games tend to get a little bit vague sometimes So it kind of blurs what is legal and what is illegal. For example, the Supreme Court considers rummy and fantasy sports to be skill-based and legal, but some state courts have classified them under chance-based games and so hold them to be illegal. So then, how should the gaming industry tackle that problem? It is exactly in this kind of a backdrop that the central government has been planning regulations around online gaming. I just want to tell you that today's deep dive segment is going to be slightly longer than usual but please bear with me as we have to get what the draft regulations suggest. Firstly, the government has proposed the formation of a self-regulatory body for online gaming companies to certify the do's and don'ts, be it chance or skill-based games. They'll have to ensure mandatory KYC verification of players, appointment of compliance and nodal officers. The rules also seek to regulate online gaming platforms as intermediaries. Intermediaries is basically how the IT rule defines entities who facilitate the flow of data on the internet. That could mean social media platforms, telecom service providers, search engines, etc. So, what the draft regulation says is that any intermediary which offers at least one online game is considered an quote-unquote online gaming intermediary and it will have to observe due diligence while ensuring its users don't quote unquote host display upload publish transmit or share an online game which is not in conformity with indian laws furthermore online games will soon need a registration mark before they can advertise on social media gaming firms will also be required to protect user deposits and inform the users about the quote unquote risks of financial loss and addiction associated with online games Some of the other rules include prohibiting online gaming companies from betting on the outcome of games. Kids under the age of 18 will also need parental consent for playing these games. Actually, 
That reminds me that China's gaming regulator also has imposed some rules for underage gamers, but they are much harsher. For instance, they've reduced their online playtime to an hour on Fridays, weekends, and holidays. Now, for the most part, these rules have been well received because otherwise the gaming industry was dealing with state-wise regulations. Moreover, as some reports point out, following these regulations can actually protect intermediaries from being prosecuted for a third-party violation. So, a bit of win-win then. And perhaps these regulations are much needed at a time when online gaming is booming in the country. With generous investments pouring in from investors like Steadview Capital Management, Sequoia Capital, Dream Incubator Inc., Axel, etc., India is actually seeing an unprecedented growth in its gaming industry. In fact, according to India Gaming Report FY2022, the country's gaming market was valued at $2.6 billion in 2022, and it is expected to reach $8.6 billion by 2027. And RPG games have so far been the top source of revenues. But at the same time, there have been legitimate concerns that amid this boom, young folks are getting addicted to online gaming and getting trapped under financial losses. Will these rules be able to abet the industry growth while at the same time allying concerns of debt burdens on gamers? The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Manaswini and Shorburi, edited by Venkatanand, mastered and mixed by Prasenjit Das. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.